All right, if you got a Bible, uh, bust out your Bible. If you're taking notes, uh, take out your phone, uh, take out whatever. We'd love that you would follow along with us. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We'll have it on the screen uh, for you today. I'm going to be sharing out of the book of Luke. You can go to Luke chapter 8. And um, we're going to look at verse 11 through 15. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus starts sharing an interesting story about soil. Okay? And he starts talking about hard soil and thorny soil, and he's talking about rocky soil, and then he gets to good soil, and everybody is kind of looking at Jesus just like us a lot of times when we read the word, and we're like, what does this mean? You know? Have you ever read the Bible and was like, man, um, I'm sorry, but I'm having a hard time following Jesus right now. And so Jesus, in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, he goes, all right, I'm going to share with you the meaning of this parable that I just shared with you about these different types of soil. And he says this, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. In verse 12, the seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Okay? It's not just about salvation. It's about believing the word of God. Now, I've sat through a lot of messages, and I've read the Bible for a lot of years, and I wish that I could tell you that you know, I got it all down, but I don't because the enemy comes sometimes and quickly takes it away. Verse 13, it says this, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a little while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. I don't know about you, but I've had days where temptation comes knocking at my door. And the word of God just isn't strong enough. The root isn't deep enough yet. And I'll fall to temptation. Verse 14 said, The seed that fell among the thorny soil represents those who hear the word of God, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, so they never grow into maturity. In verse 15, The seed that fell on the good soil represents those with good-hearted people who hear the word of God, cling to it, patiently produces a huge harvest. Now, I think, this little passage, these five verses, gives us a picture and a snapshot of us, to be honest with you. I think there's different times and there's different places in our walk, in our journey with the Lord, that we could probably say that we represent all of these different types of soil at one place and one time. Because the truth is this, if you're the good soil 100% of the time, then you're perfect and good for you and we love you and, and please come pray for me and my family because we desperately need Jesus and a lot of them, okay? The truth is, if, if I'm just being honest, okay, I would have to say that I probably deal with the thorny soil the most of all the different types of soil in my life. That being the soil that is concerned about the cares of this life. Just ask Shannon, okay? Um, went to Shannon's house the other night to watch the NBA finals, okay? 
Um, I'm throwing water bottles, yelling at people that cannot hear me. You know, I mean, these guys cannot hear me, but I believe passionately in my soul that they're hearing every word of death that I'm speaking over their lives, you know, in that moment, you know, and, and I'm yelling at my son and, you know, and by the end of the night, I promise you, I need to get saved, okay, all right? I mean, I don't know why I care that much about that. I don't know why I'm from Chicago, and I love Chicago Bears, and I could tell you pretty much the Chicago Bears season schedule coming up. Why? It doesn't matter. They're going to lose a bunch of games, okay? We're not going to be good, but I somewhat care about it. I could tell you where to go buy a great dress shirt, a great summer shirt. I can tell you where to get some J's for your feet, okay? Listen, there's a lot of things in life that I care deeply about, and I'm just like, at the end of the day, why? I mean, can I get a witness? Did anybody else in here go, yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a look at these five verses, okay? And Jesus shares some really amazing truth in these five verses. And really what God has been showing me through the word of God is a pattern that I've been kind of seeing through the whole entire word. And the pattern kind of goes like this. If you're taking notes, it goes this way. It goes promise, choice, blessing. God gives us a promise. He then gives us a choice, but he always backs it up. He always wants us to know that there's blessing. There's increase. God wants to increase your life. Sometimes it's a spiritual increasing in your soul. Sometimes it's in your job. Sometimes it's in your finances. Sometimes it's in relationships that you have. I'm not, I mean, please hear me out. I'm not talking about money all the time when I'm talking about God blessing us. But uh, listen, I want to be blessed in all areas of my life. I want my relationships blessed. I want my family blessed. I want my soul to be blessed because when my soul's blessed, I can be a blessing to somebody else's soul that needs it desperately. So in verse 11, we see God. He says, the promise is what? It's the word of God. The word of God is promise to us. It's his promise to us. Verses 12 through 15 is the choice. God lays out a choice system for us about different types of soil. And then verse 15, he goes, here, here's the blessing, harvest, huge harvest. And I love that God says huge, okay? I, I'm so sick and tired of this perspective that God is a withholder or that God doesn't want to bless us in extraordinary ways. That is not true at all. The Bible clearly states huge blessing for us. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, harvest is coming. Okay, look at them and say, harvest, harvest, harvest is coming. Okay. Now, when you hear the word harvest, I know for me, it gets me excited. Joy fills my heart. Hope hits my heart. I'm excited about what is about to come in my life and in the future of my life. The word harvest actually is, the definition is this. It's reaping, picking, and collecting, okay? We are reaping a harvest. We're collecting. We're bringing things in. God's wanting to bring things into our lives when harvest comes, okay? Now, uh, I'm going to go through some pictures today, okay, from about seven years ago, okay? This is a hot minute ago when we lived in Michigan, okay? There is Michael. Gosh, Jess, how old was Michael, do you think? Five, yeah, five or six, okay? Uh, five or six. Um, there is Ben, okay? 
Doesn't he look a lot like Luke if you don't? Okay. We have, so, we have, so we have 12, we have 7, and then we have 2 years old. So please pray daily for us, okay, in our salvation, in our home, okay? So we are in Michigan. We have been youth pastors there for about nine years, okay? Awesome time in our life. You can go to the next picture. Okay, there's Ben again. Okay, nothing has changed, okay? I promise you, okay? You could find Ben today on the table, not in a diaper, but in his underwear, okay? Eating chips, something on his face, and him giving you that look like what? You know what I mean? Like, seriously, I'm just eating some chips, okay? So there was Ben. Gosh, Ben was what? Like one or two? Two, maybe? Okay, so that was Ben. Go to the next picture. There was Michael. Okay, um, if you can tell, Michael doesn't have his four front teeth in that picture. He looks like an old man. Okay, I promise you, all right? When he was little, we would give him apple juice all the time because we were terrible parents at night, and it rotted out his teeth, and we had to get all four of his front teeth taken out at one time, so it just looked like a gummy old man all the time when he smiled. Oh, Michael, Michael. Okay, so you can go to the next picture, Okay. Um, that was a picture. I was at my 30th birthday party seven years ago. Next picture. Where are we going? That was in Fuego, okay? We started in Fuego with 20 kids, and nine years later, there was 650 kids passionately in love with Jesus, and that was close to the end, my, my very last night. Uh, next picture. That was the final night, my last night at that church. I've been there for nine years. I mean, nine years at a church is a long time. And so we were celebrating my final, final night. Next picture. Um, that's my. Sorry. It's my friend Chris. When I met Chris, Chris was an alcoholic. Came to our church, got saved. We believed in Chris. Chris became our best leader. Best leader. No, it's Chris on my last night. Sorry. Awesome, awesome guy. Next picture. Um, all right, so, so we have our very, very last night, okay? All right? It was a huge time of just blessing, just super harvest. I mean, we were celebrating nine years. I mean, we have... Today, we have over 85 kids in full-time ministry around the world. We have some that are working for Hillsong. We have some that are working at small churches. I mean, all around the world. And so we left that church because God was calling us um, to go work for Pastor Pat up in, in uh, Dayton, Ohio, the vacation capital of the world. And, um, and so and God was taking us to that guy that was singing today. With Look at that. Look at that thing. He looks like a, like a punk, doesn't he? Okay. So, so, there, so there's Matt. That's his friend Brent. They both interned for me. Brent actually ended up taking my job at Living Word. Next picture, okay? Uh, and then we went to Australia. Next picture. I met Brian Houston. was incredible. Next picture. And then we started a thing called Oxygen in Dayton, Ohio. Next picture, last picture, to our very first Sunday when we started Elevate. There was a season in our life that it just felt like abundance. Have you ever been in one of those seasons before where it's just, it feels like God is behind you. It just feels like the breath of the Lord is with you. And it's like you are just in a season of abundance and harvest, okay? 
Now, the reality is this, is that all of us in this room, if we are being completely real and honest, we all want to live in that place. We all want to experience those days. We all want to live out those days, and we all are trying to figure out how do I live not just in a season of harvest, but a rhythm of harvest, a perpetual rhythm where God is bringing things in and God is taking things out to bless other people. It comes in and it goes out. It comes in and it goes out. But it's a perpetual season of harvest and blessing in our life. So if we look at these verses, okay, we go back to verse 11, okay? Jesus says the meaning of this parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God, okay? Now, we got to understand something about seed is that seed is small, and sometimes we don't always like small things in life. And so sometimes we discard small things in life. But the reality is Jesus is saying clearly, listen, the word is promise, and it's seed, and in the seed represents blessing. It represents harvest, Okay, listen, I understand why the enemy works so hard for us to binge on Netflix, okay? He works so hard for us to be distracted. He works so hard for there to be a thousand options other than spending time with Jesus. Because the devil understands, in this seed, the word of God represents your blessing, your harvest, mine. So we look at things like Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. It says this, for I hold you with my right hand. I, the Lord, your God, I say to you, do not be afraid, for I am here to help you. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4 says, for the Lord, your God is going with you. Gosh, I love that verse, okay? I love that God isn't somewhere else. God is with me. And God goes with me, and he goes with me through my day, okay? So when I go to Lowe's, God is with me at Lowe's, okay? When I go to the bank, he's with me at the bank. When I go to my home, God is with me through my journey and through your journey. And it says this, that he will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. Man, you guys should be jumping out of your seats right now. It's excited. This is seed. This is promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thank God, thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so encouraged that God promises me that I can have victory over sin, okay? Because I'm not there yet, okay? I'm just being honest and real with you. I have not gotten to that level yet where there is no sin in my life, but I'm encouraged by this this verse that through Jesus, through his strength, through his mighty power, that I can have the strength to overcome. I can have to overcome the death and the darkness that comes through sin. Romans, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole entire Bible. I'm going to read it to you out of the message, okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39 says this. So what do you think? With God on your side, how can we lose? Can we just go home on that verse? I mean, right there, can we just like walk out and be like, yeah, we got it. God's good. Thank you, Jesus. He's for us. How could we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line and embrace our condition and expose himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there nothing else that he wouldn't gladly freely do for us? So when Bruce is sick, do I think, is God going to heal him? Yes, he's going to heal him. He gave Jesus on the cross. Why would he hold anything back from Bruce? Nothing. Goes on to say this. 
And would we dare to tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare to even point a finger at them? The one who died for us was raised to life for us. And in his presence of God, at this very moment, he is sitting, he is, uh, at this very moment, he's sticking up for us. Do you know, do you think of anyone who is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love? And it goes on to say, there is no way, no trouble, no hard time, no hatred, no hunger, no homelessness, no threats, no backstabbing, not even the worst sin in the scripture, absolutely nothing. I'm convinced that nothing, nothing, nothing separates us from the love of Christ. Listen, there's so much promise in the word of God. When we open up the word of God and we see what God is speaking to us, we understand that there's truth and there's victory and there's harvest in what God is speaking to our souls. But we need to understand something about seed, okay? Seed is small, like I said. But in the seed, I did some research about seeds. In the seed, every single seed has a root a stem, and a leaf. There's actually a whole plant inside of these little, tiny seeds. So what God is speaking to us is this, that even though something may start small, and let me be honest with you, when we started uh, in Fuego, it was small, okay? There's 20 kids. They didn't like each other. Uh, they didn't know each other. Uh, they didn't like, yeah, they did not like Jesus at all. I mean, we would worship like we did today, like passionately worship, and they would stare at us like, what is wrong with you? Can this be over now? You know what I mean? They were not impressed. It started small. When we started Oxygen, I mean, you weren't there at the very beginning, but you were close to the very, very beginning. It was small. I remember Pastor Pat brought me up, and he was like, gives me the youth group, and there's like 10 kids. And I'm like, cool, awesome. We went from 650 to 10. Praise Jesus, you know what I mean? It started small. That picture of our very first Sunday. You guys were there, weren't you? Dave and Hannah were there on our very first Sunday, okay? Listen, I mean, like, we're believing for, like, hundreds of people. You know, we're like, man, like, 300 people are going to show up today. Like, God's going to move. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the greatest start to a church ever. no. Like seven people showed up to our very first church service. I remember I went home and just like cried and cried and cried my eyes out. But the reality is this, is sometimes we got to believe in small things because God believes in small things. Because God understands that in small things there is harvest to come. God understands in the small things, in the word of God, in the seed, the word of God, when you plant that into your heart and you dwell upon the word of God and you research the word of God and you ask God, what are you speaking in this verse to me and me alone? He goes, there is blessing, there is increase, there is harvest to come from this little seed. I'm trying to plant something inside of you. Harvest is in the seed. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says this. If you're faithful with the little things, then you'll be faithful with the large ones. But if you're dishonest with the little things, you'll be dishonest with greater responsibilities. You know, I always think it's interesting. When I was growing up in church, 
and we would read a verse like this, okay, we would always hit the negative, right, okay? I don't know what church you guys grew up in, but in my church, that was always the first place we'd go. We'd always go with, you know, those who are not faithful. Are you not being faithful? You know, Jeff, did you bring your offering? You know, I mean, like, I'm like, no, I didn't bring my offering. I'm keeping my offering because I want to get a pop after church, okay? I was a brat. I'm being honest with you. But we always hit the negative. But what is the truth that God is speaking to us? That he wants to give us greater responsibility. Isn't that cool? That God's not content where you're at right now in life. Like God, like I think sometimes in life that we just get to a place where we're like, okay, God, I'm good. I'm satisfied. And God's going, no, no, no. I'm not satisfied where you're at. I'm not done with you. Can I, can I brag on Barb for a second? Okay, I, I don't know how old you are, and I'm not going <laughs> to. But you, want, you know what I want you to know that I love about Barb? Is that Barb doesn't see her life as completed. She came to our church, and this is what she communicated to me and Jess. We went out to dinner with her, and she said, I want to come to your church, and I want to pray for your church. I want to intercede for your church. I want to believe for you and your family, and I want to just take time and bless you and your family. What is that a picture of? That is a picture of God going, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're 12 years old or if you're 30 years old or if you're 40 years old or if you're 60s or if you're in your 70s. It doesn't matter. God's going, I'm not done with you. I want to give you more responsibility. I want to use you in my kingdom. Until you come and see me, we are not done. Greater responsibility is what I want to bring to you. God's not satisfied with where we're at in life. But God is looking, and I truly believe this, that God is looking for those who will be a good steward over the word of God. And I've got to be honest with you. I've had a lot of moments I've had to repent to the Lord because I can't tell you how many times I've just sat and read the Bible like I was just reading a book. I'm just reading words. I'm reading stories. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in church services. I mean, I've been in ministry for 17 years. I've gone to a lot of services. I grew up in church. I've been to a lot of conferences. And I can't tell you how many times that I was in a moment where God was there and he's bringing truth and he wants to bring harvest in my life. But guess what? I'm checked out. God's looking for those that will go, yes, God, I will steward the little things. I'll steward the word of God because I believe in the word of God that there is a harvest for me and my family and all that is connected to me. So when I receive revelation, they receive revelation. See, when I receive revelation, see, I, like, I'm so excited about my kids because they're going to grow up. By the time they hit 20, the revelation that I had when I was 20 and the revelation that they have when they're 20 is going to be light years differently. It's because I received it. I got it. And so I give it to them. And then it just ripples. That's what God wants to do. But he's looking for people who are faithful with the little things. Worship team, you guys can come up. I'm going to end with this today. A couple months ago, um, well, let me start with this. Uh, uh, 
when we started uh, this church, um, and a lot of you know the story, but some of you don't know the story, we walked away from a lot of money. Um, Pastor Pat offered us a couple hundred thousand dollars to start the church and um, offered us some salary and health benefits, and, and we prayed, and we sought the Lord, and, and we really asked Jesus, what do you want us to do? And he was emphatic. He said, no, I don't want you to take the money. I want you to trust me. I want you to learn how to rely on me for your source. I am enough for you. But how many know that's tough, you know, when you got kids, and you got family, and you got to feed people, and you got to put a roof over people's heads, but we knew what God has spoken to us. And so we started the church, and in the season that we started the church, uh, we started to refurb furniture. My wife has this amazing gift and talent. She'll make it look shabby chic for you, and it will be awesome, okay? Shabby chic. You like that? Farmhouse, shabby chic, okay? All right, there we go, okay? So we started redoing furniture. And for 17 months of our life, our first 17 months here, that's how God provided for us. I mean, just wild stories. I remember a, we had a weekend where we needed to sell $3,800 worth of furniture in like 48 hours so that we could pay some bills so like the lights wouldn't get shut off. And I'll never forget, I think that weekend we made like $4,300 that weekend. It was just a wild time. It was awesome. But in that season, we lived in the garage, and um, I was just addicted to podcasts. I mean, if that's a bad addiction, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, you know, like, I was like, I need Bill Johnson. I need Stephen Furtick. I need Hillsong. I need, you know what I mean? It was just like, I was just addicted to podcasts. I was in the garage, and, and I was listening to a lot, and God was revealing a lot to me, and um, it was a good season. But a couple months ago, the Lord just kind of spoke to me and said, son, I don't want you to listen to podcasts for a while because I want to be your podcast. I want the Holy Spirit to teach and reveal things to you that somebody else can't. I want you to just simply dive into the word and I'm going to start teaching you things that you never saw before. And it's the most incredible thing when you just sit down with the Word of God and you go, God, I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. But you wrote this book, and I'm full of the Holy Spirit. So, God, I pray that you would use the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit hears directly from the throne of God and then reveals things to us. So I'll just sit there and go, God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth, the understanding of this Word. And it's amazing what God will show me. It's amazing what God will reveal to me, but it's not, you know what I love about God? It's not just for me. It's not just me. He goes, I'm no respecter of person. I reveal it to anybody. I just need a willing heart that will steward my promise. See, here's the truth, okay? Right now, I don't want somebody else's harvest. I want my harvest, okay? And my harvest is in the seed that God wants to plant into my heart so that I can have victory in my life. Amen? Stand up with me today. Come on.
what I want to pray for, okay? I want to pray for new levels of understanding, okay? And you know what I love about God? Is that he respects wherever you're at in the journey. I know that some of you in here today, you're fairly new to your walk in faith. And guess what? I want you to know this. I totally 100% respect that. Because there was a day and a time where I was just fresh off the boat with Jesus. I'm like, I can spell Jesus and he loves me. And I was happy and good about that, okay? And so we're good with that. So no matter if you're at the beginning or you are years and years and years into being a believer in Christ, there's new levels of understanding that God wants to bring so that he can bring new levels of harvest. Remember when I said at the beginning, harvest is coming? It's coming through the revelation that God reveals to you. I don't know you, and I don't know your name, but God has his hand on you right now. And I don't know what God's wanting to do in your life, but I just see blessing and favor and increase coming your way. And I think that there's something that you're like waiting for. I don't know if this is true, but God's like, I'm about to open up the door and I'm about to show you exactly what I have for you. And listen, it may not be what you thought, but it's gonna be really, really good for you, okay? And it may not be what everybody else thinks, but that's okay. Sometimes God likes to do that. He has fun with that. But God's going to do something great in your life. Great in your life. Come on. Raise your hands. Come on. Listen, when we raise our hands, it's just us going, God, I want to receive all that you have for me today. <laughs> Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you so much. We praise you. We thank you for taking our sin. We thank you for taking our guilt and our shame. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for being our advocate. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that today that you would bring new understanding, new revelation. Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit, I release the Holy Spirit that he would reveal and teach and renew people's hearts of the Word of God. When they open up the Word of God, when they see the Word of God, that you would speak deep truth and revelation to them. Father, I thank you that harvest is coming. I thank you, God, that greater responsibility is coming. God, I thank you, God, that we're going to be conduits of your goodness of your grace, of your love, and we're going to show the world exactly who you are. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Jesus, and I want to do this. I want to do this, God. We did this a couple weeks ago. I used to do this in youth group all the time, and I love it. I remember somebody told me this. I kid you not. Somebody was like, you could never do that with adults. And I was like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But I want to do this. I want you to look at somebody on your left or your right. We're all sitting next to somebody, okay? All right, Shannon, you can go there. And I want you just to find one person, and we're going to pray for each other, okay? We're just going to pray increase and blessing over our life. Ryan, I'm going to come pray with you. Is that cool? You go here. Let's take two minutes, and let's pray for each other. Really?
really quick, okay? I'm going to pray. If you're, you're still praying, go ahead and pray. God, we love you. We thank you for such an awesome day in your presence. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. We give you the summer, Lord. We have so many people traveling, God. We have so many people that are away today. And I pray, God, that you would surround them with your angels, protect them, watch over them. We love you. We pray this. And everybody agrees. Set.
Amen. Amen. We love you. We love you. We love you. We will see you next Sunday.